0: Welcome back to another episode of interview you. This is your host Lewis shine. And Hey, I have another amazing topic I want to talk about today. But before we get started, I want to shout out my partners, Dr. Dish, Dr. Dish. They have the uh, most amazing shooting machines on the planet. Um, I've, I've personally used them myself as well as, um, as a division one coach, um, I've ran my players through workouts, using the Dr. Dish, um, doing individual sessions, um, extra sessions outside of practice um, makes the work, makes a world of difference. And, you know, if you want to increase your shooting percentage your free throw percentage, um, you know, this is a machine that you can use the Dr. Dish machines, which they have an array of different types of machines, but the Dr. Dish machines are machines that you can use, um, to improve not only individually, um or improve your players individually but also improve your team as a whole um in the shooting percentage category. So to uh, get in the game by getting the Dr. Dish shooting machine, please visit Dr Dish at Dr dot com. That's Dr Dish Basketball dot com or on social media at Dr Dish That's um at Dr Dish on social media. Well hey I want to get into a topic today that I am really, really really passionate about. And um, it's in the category of player development. But my topic today is how to maximize individual workouts. Um, You know, as a division two coach, um, you know, coming into college basketball, um, you know, I was already um, the type of person that has already been in player development, um, training players at the pro level. Um, training players at the high school, college level. Um, me personally, as a, a college and pro player, even a high school player, you know, I, I've been through so many different types of workouts. Being on the Division One level, um, you know, on the court, off the court, weight room, um, also, you know, your pre, post season, in season types of workout lifts uh, on the court. Um, And then at the pro level as well, Um, I've been through, you know, workouts at every level, not only as a player, um, but I've also administered workouts as a um, coach or as a trainer. And so, you know, just with the array of different types of experiences, I'm going into, um, you know, I'm going to back it up three years going into college basketball. I really had an opportunity to uh, showcase some of the things that I um, had learned over the years of, of being a pro and coaching pro and um, what have you by running the individuals for my entire team and so when I was at the D- division two level as a assistant and a head coach you know I had my hand on um, the individuals when I came in under my assistant um, under my head coach I ran all the individuals and then as a head coach I ran the individuals as well and one of the things that, you know, you can jot down if you're taking notes or if you're just taking, you know, just listening, um, taking a mental note is. When you do individuals, first of all, if you don't do individuals, you're already setting yourself up, um, you know, you, you're 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 behind because individual workouts are going to set you up for success. We can't think that in in practice. Um, In film sessions and then the game alone, um, our players are going to get everything that they need um, to to go and perform in a game. Each player needs their own individual um, attention. You know, for instance, if you're expecting something out of your point guard, that you need them to understand, that you need them to work on so that when game time comes or even practice time comes and you're expecting them to do what you're trying to show them, you know, individuals will help with that. So if it's going off of ball screens and that's been a problem for your point guard because the uh, the opposing player is always getting through because they're not running them off the screen close enough um that's something that you can work on in individual workouts so now when you get to practice and you need them to perform that because you don't have a lot of time to go back and teach the small things you you will feel great because you've taught them that in individuals and now they're performing that with the group with the with the in the big practice and they're performing it in the games and so you know, my motto has always been if there's something that you're expecting out of a player in the practice and in games, then you have to pull them aside and do and show them and teach them what you need them to do or, or how they need to perform in a certain area on the court. And you can do that by way of individuals. So D2 level, I came in, I was overall individuals. Um, You know, I was able to get players in, you know, during the year, um, during the season. Now, here's some markers. I'll just give you guys some markers Um, during the during this during the school year, during the season. um, You can do up to two individuals per week. You know that that's always been my standard preseason during the season, postseason, do two individuals a week. But now with these individuals, the individuals are going to vary, vary with time. Because during the preseason you can run each individual for an hour. Um, I think that the players at that point they need to work. You know a lot of a lot of you coaches, um, players are coming back now and starting workouts. And if you're running individuals right now, some 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 coaches are just trying to get the players back in shape. And I understand that. But for those who are running individuals, you need to have at least two individuals per week that are that are going one hour. Because right now you have all the time in the world to work on a player's shot, to, to change something in their game, to enhance something in their game. You have that time right now. So go two days a week um, for an hour you know you might run the point guards together you might run the two guards together the bigs together so that you might get two to four players in a workout and you can all, work all of them on this the same type of skill set but you might want to you know flip it and there's times when I was over individuals I would take one player because I needed to work with that player on something specific and I would just have one player it, it depends on the needs of your team as to what you're going to do and how you're going to structure individuals. But I normally ran preseason uh, hour two two workouts per week, two individuals outside of everything else. And they went for one hour, I always slotted them for one hour time slots. Now, when you get to the season, this is where you can begin to back your time up, because now your practices are full go. Um, you know, you got classes, you got study tables, you got lifting you got um, you know um, athletic trainer time you know ice bath you got everything that's kind of going on and so you don't want to wear your player out but during the season a lot of times especially as the season goes you know longer you know you get longer into the season um, you really don't need a whole lot of time at that point you're not really doing a lot of teaching You know, maybe at the beginning of the year, there's a little bit of teaching, a little bit of alteration, um, a little bit of change based on maybe the performance and games at the beginning. Uh, But as the season goes on, your individual workouts should be more maintenance where it's like, hey, we're going to get these shots up. You want to keep your, your player, your shooters fresh. You want to keep your bigs uh, fresh with uh, low post moves and working on the things that they're good at, their go-to type moves, uh, the moves that you need them to do in the games. You know, uh, in the last quarter of the season, you shouldn't be teaching a whole lot of new stuff um, because you want them to be um, consistent at what you're trying to get them to do in the game that's going to help you get wins. So that's how I normally do it. And so at that point in order to get two, 300 shots up, you know, for my shooter, I might bring my shooter in for half hour, you know, we'll get on the shooting machine or, you know, we'll do some, some um, off the dribble depending on, you know, what attributes your players players have. You get those shots up, keep them fresh, keep them tight, keep them, um, on point, on radar with their shots, so that when the game comes, those shots that they're those reps that they're getting up in individual workouts are going to pay off for you, for for you and your team, you know, and hopefully, hopefully produce wins and and more buckets on the court. So, um, you know, that's what I normally do during the season, and then after the season, after you've gotten your time away after tournament and things like that, then you come back and then you go um, back to your hour slots because now. Depending on what type of institution you are, you may have players that are going home because you can't have summer sessions, but you may have players that are having summer sessions. So it just depends what type of situation you're in. But um, that's a good time to have a hour time slot two times a week so that, you know, if your players are going home, you're setting a baseline for them to uh, take the type of workout that you'll be showing them in April or May um, so that they can go home and and work that same type of workout that you just modeled before them. Um, And then if your players are staying, you know, you're getting them, you know, some good shape, some good reps and setting the course of the summer and just warming them up to the things that they're going to do while they're on campus uh, during their summer session working out. So Um, you kind of get a head start for those players that are going to be staying around. So that's kind of how I map out, um, my individual workouts, my time slots. So now let's go into our, um, just specific type of workouts. I want to go from guards. I want to go to my, 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 my three and four. Um, and then I want to go to my five. So let's start with our point guards. Um, you know, with your point guards doing your individual workouts, um, because your point guards are going to be handling the ball um, the most, you definitely have to carve out a time. And I like to do the t- do the ball handling at the beginning, but you want to carve out a time where you can start with ball handling. Um, ball handling is very important. So you definitely want to add some of that in there in the beginning, and it can be five minutes, five minute routine. And you know, I like two balls because if you got two balls and then you get in the game and you have one ball, it's gonna be a lot easier. So that's my motto with doing two basketballs. Sometimes I'll tie a plastic bag around the ball, um, or either you can use a glove, any way that can make the ball hard to dribble so that now when you take that glove off or the bag off, or you take one ball away and now you have one left, it's easier. Um, You know, you can throw obstacles in there. You can go, um, you know, around cones. Um, You know, I like to do a drill where in the paint you put about 20 to 30 cones and then you have your point guard go through those cones with quick moves it might be a one dribble cross or it might be an in and out or maybe a um, one dribble cross between the leg but you're going through those cones and it's really tight quarters and then they have to finish with a layup so you do that from the free throw line to the paint Um, and you know if you want to see that drill I actually have it on camera from when I was in D2. Um, so, you know, you can email me at Lewis Shine at hotmail.com and I can send you a clip of that so you can check it out. But, it, you know, I do that type of drill at the beginning for my point guards because it warms them up. It gets their muscles ready for quick movements and quick dribbles, um, you know, because that's what's going to be happening in the game. They're going to have to react quickly. Um, they're going to have to keep that ball when people are reaching for that ball and trying to steal it. And, um, you know, it's, it's all getting them ready f- to be able to handle that ball, protect themselves, move quickly, get through quick places on the court. Um, Just those react drills in the beginning. So I start out with a lot of those. And so another thing I do with my point guards um, is a lot of read and react drills. So, um, you know, I like to raise up guards that can not only pass and see the floor, but I like to, you know, also have the point guard as a scoring threat because Why be on the court if you can't score, if you need, you're needed. Um, So, you know, I do a lot of read and react drills where if certain things aren't open, certain looks aren't open and the point guard has an opening or needs to create an opening, they can Um, 90 plus percent of the basketball game is a read and react. You're constantly reading, reading and reacting while you're on the court. So it, it would do a disservice to coaches Um, For the coaches that are listening, if you don't have any read and react drills, because your your players are constantly reading and reacting throughout the whole game. And, 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 you know, I've seen a lot of um, offenses from a lot of different teams that they're they're robot offenses. They're they're offenses that we're just telling our players to go to a spot and then they're going to the next spot and they're remembering the the offense because they're running through hours and hours of skeleton offense in practice. But if there's no read and react options, then the players are just moving from place to place and that's all they can do. So now you're dependent, you're depending on if the offense that you're running, the defense won't pick up on it, but once they pick up on it, then your, your offense is shot because you haven't taught your players how to read and react. And so my, my motivation, um, you know, with this is and what I want to tell the coaches is add, you know, trust your players enough to add read and react options to your offenses, because if something happens in the game where those options that you are showing um, that are very robotic get shut down, then you're not adding a, a, a option for a player to audible off of what you told them, you know, versus if, if you give them a read and react option coming off a screen and they have three choices coming off the screen, and you've actually taught them those three choices, and you might say, well, they should know those three choices. Well, a lot of times players don't know until you teach them, so you have to show them the choices off of that, and then you have to give them the liberty and the leeway to make a choice based on what they're reading on the court, not just, hey, come off of this screen and make that pass, and if it's it's not there, then pass it back out. But what about... If the pass is not there, but they have the baseline or what if the pass is not there and they have the jump shot at the elbow? Like you have to give them those options and trust them to be able to make those reads and live with it. And one of the things I found out as a player and as a coach is if you give players the liberty to make choices, um, it just creates for a better team environment and it helps the players to feel like they're a part of the game plan versus they're just being robots and doing things and you're not trusting them to Uh, Make decisions on the court. Um, And I'm not not saying overall decisions where you're trying to run the flex, but they want to run motion. (laughs) No, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about within your offenses. They're actually they actually have permission to make reads based off what they see, because here's the thing. We're not on the court as coaches, but the players are there and there they can be an extension of us. But we have to allow them to do based on what they see. And so therefore, in individuals, it's a great place to teach your players read and react. you know, read and react, read. You, you, if you show them those things based based on your offense that you're already running, show them different reads and show them how to make the correct decisions. And then you show them in practice and individuals when they don't make their correct decisions and what they could have done or what they should have saw. And so now you go back through it, and now they're seeing it. And if you drill that and you drill that and you drill that, when game time comes, they'll see those things because you've you've showed them, you've actually taught them how to read and react. So that's one of my favorites, and and I always run my point guards through that because my point guards are constantly making decisions on the court, you know. Um, from being able to pass, make the right passes, get the ball to the right people um, to um, having to score. If the clock is running down and they can't make a good pass, but I need them to get the shot up. You know, they have to be a threat for me in my offense. And so, you know, you know, the you know, these may not be your concepts, but whatever your concepts are for your point guard in your individual workouts. This is where you need to drill those things um, so that your point guard can know them when practice comes and when game time comes, you're not wondering why or you're not yelling at the point guard for something that they don't even know that you haven't spent time teaching them, Um, you know, in individuals. You know, once you teach them, then the game is the wrong time to, to, to have practice, you know, if you taught them they'll know. And in the game, you can be confident and expect them to do it. And then you can make small adjustments, but you're not yelling to the top of your lungs on the sideline because they're not doing something that you're expecting them to do. You've taught it to them, you know, and I heard Phil Jackson say that one time that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, game time. He, he, he teaches, he practices during practice and during the game, you know, He's not really doing a lot of work because he's worked really hard in practice to line things up and to teach them what they need to know. And so during the game, it's not a whole bunch of yelling and all that kind of stuff. you got to let them play and then you just instruct. But it's not the time to uh, you know, go off and be mad because players aren't doing what you think they should do, but you haven't taken the time to teach them. And like I say, individuals are the perfect time for that. And, you know, we go up up the line, you know, uh, with my, my two guards, you know, same thing. You know, if they're slashers, if they're if they're if they're scores from the outside, you know, whatever your your two guard package is, you have to really drill those things in individuals. You can't you, you're, you for your one and two, you can, there's no way possible that you can get the effectiveness and the output out of a one and a two that you need to and not have individual workouts. It's just impossible. Now they might be good or you might, you know, they might, you might have a great season with them, but think about the individual workout timing. And if you put into them what they need to have put into them, how much more of a player and more effectiveness would you have out of them on the court? You know, individual workouts is a time of teaching, it's not just a, I'm just going to get shots up and we got some good work and see you later. This is where you teach them. This is where you teach them footwork. This is where you teach them how to read the defense, the, the primary and the secondary defense. This is where you teach them that if they if they pass through the primary defense, how to read the secondary defense, how to draw the secondary defense so that they can get a pass off. You know, there's so many things that you can teach. You know your guards in individual workouts but it's, it's based on the scheme of your offense and so they should know your offense by the time individual workouts are done they should know it backwards and forwards and they should be able to see every read and and know what reads to expect um, they should know how to counter you know different moves that they're, they're, they're coming off with reads and what's the counter move because to every move there's always a counter move anything that the defense is going to shoot your way there's always a counter move and you have to teach your players how to Read those things so that they can know what counter moves. And then, once you get on the counter moves, you teach them the counter moves, and you make the counter moves the primary move. So now, when the defense cuts off their 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 primary move, their secondary move is just as effective as their primary move. So if you drive off of a a ball screen going to the inside off a banana of a banana screen going towards the elbow. And your defense steps up and cuts you off. You can cross if there is no defense in the paint or you can step back and shoot the jumper. You have options. But if you train your players well in individuals, that step back is like the it, it's just as good as their number one move. When the defense thinks, aha, I got her. You know, I got him. Then that step back is 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 butter. <laughs> it's, it's 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 water. You know, and, and and that's how you have to think the game coaches and players. You have to think the game that way, that your secondary and your third option, your 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 third and fourth reads, man, they, they need to for you. You know, you ought to be knocking those shots down. You ought to be knocking those kind of shots down um, just like they were, you know, because if those other ones get cut off, you can knock those down just as easy. So the defense should never put you in a bind when they cut off. a a first read or a second read. That third read should be on fire for you, and that's the things that you practice when you're working in in individual workouts. Um, And then I'll hit on this too. Like in the individual workouts, don't just work on offense. You know, I could could probably say about 50% of the gyms I've been in, I go in and people are just working on offense. Work on your defense. Work on your defensive individuals. Show your point guards how to sit below the ball. Show your point guards how to sit – you know, close to the defense, close to the offense without getting beat and uh, without the offense beating, getting around you, show them how to recovery steps. You know, you want to, you want to work on those type of things. You want to work on the total game. So now that when your players get in practice, it's an all out war because your players are, they're tuned up, man, they, they've learned some things. And so now from practice to the game, you know, they, they have—they're equipped with everything they need to do. And, and now let's take it to our, our threes and our fours. You know, naturally, your three, your three, your three might be the same as your two or your three might be a shooter. Um, but whatever it is, it's similar to the one in a two, whatever that is. If it's shots, you, you want to get shots up. Um, you want to show your players how to create space, your shooters. Um, you want to show your shooters how to pump fake the proper way. You know, pump fake and let the player go past you and still get off a shot. You know, you wanna you wanna show those things in individuals. I know this seems a little redundant, but I'm just trying to go through the players and now, um, you know, and if your three is a similar to your two, but they're just on opposite sides of the court, you're doing similar stuff. You're you're making sure you're working on the slashing or the um the flashing or um the shooting or the mid range and the, the long range. You you got to work those things in, 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 in individuals. But now here's my favorite. Now, this is my favorite. Because I think right here, this is something that can set your team apart. If you get this concept that I'm going to talk about right now, your four, your four is probably one of the most dynamic um positions on your on on your team. Why? Because here's the thing. You can create a major mismatch with your four, your five, too, but your four it starts with your four, because, you know, the, the position that we find most common is your stretch four. All right. So. Stretch means that if you if you have a, a four. And your four can play inside, but they can also play outside, then you're stretching. You can stretch the defense. So now if you play a team. And this team that you're playing has a mechanical four that cannot guard the perimeter. But you have a four that you can stretch to the perimeter that can shoot the three ball or can shoot the long range jump shot. Then you've just created a disadvantage because now that player, that mechanical four cannot come out and guard that person. So you just torch the lights out of that, that team. Now you make them make an adjustment to stretch four. Now, so I had an opportunity at the Division Two level uh, where I had a stretch. I had a four on my team the, the year before. Didn't get a lot of playing time, but I saw what needed to happen. And so I took that player, worked that player out, you know, had a great summer workouts, you know, gave, them, gave that player some pointers. And so now that player not only began to be more mobile – But this player also began to stretch their game out instead of being only a low post four. Now this player was able to step out through a summer of work and shoot long range jumpers as well as three pointers. Now it takes some work to do that, but you can't be you can't be afraid. You can't be the coach that has a four and just says or a five and just says, hey, you know, we're not going to have this player shooting out there. No, I think every player on your team should have the ability to shoot at least a 15 footer at least a 15 footer. Now, if you feel comfortable with the three pointer, great. If that player has the form to develop a three point shot, then you need to pull that player out there and let them begin to shoot because you may need that in a game. And some people may not agree with that, but I've seen it work. Now, if the player just doesn't have the form and the strength to shoot a three, you keep them within 15, 20 feet, but everybody should be able to shoot. And so with your four, if you're able to stretch your four out, with work, with getting shots up to now they can hit a jumper, or at least a 15 foot jumper. You've just created an advantage for yourself. And so for me, when I recruit, one of the things that I do is I look out for players like that because, you know, one of the, one of the ways you can do it is you can recruit a stretch for the other way you can do it is you can look for those players that have the ability to become a stretch. So you, you know, a lot of times, You know, a lot of the top players, they're they're taken. But you can look at that 6th, 7th, and 8th player down the row, down the bench and say, you know what? That player has ability, they're long, they got a nice form, but they just need a little bit of work on the shot. I'll take that player because I know what I can make that player into. And so I've done it several times. And so the same player that I was telling you guys about earlier came back, pretty much started every game the next year after not starting many games the year before. And this player started every game. Uh, One of the best players on the team um, was able to step out, shoot three pointers, um, you know, shoot jump shots in the crunch time and created major um, problems for the defense. You know, they couldn't even scout this player from the last year because there were they were two different players. The player from the year before and the player that I had worked with were two different players. And so we worked on these things. You know, the topic is about individuals. We were able to work on these things in individual workouts and we worked on these things on purpose. I didn't go out and it wasn't like, well, you know, I'm just hoping that the player does this and I'm just hoping that the player is able to contribute and give us a little something next year. No, I'm going to work with the player on what we need from that player. So then when the season comes, this this player will on purpose contribute what I'm teaching the player to contribute. And you have to be an on purpose coach. You can't just be so in the air, like, well, you know, we're just hoping we get a little something out of them this year. You know, you can't do that because you're, you already, you're already setting yourself up for failure. What you have to do is say, you know what, we need this out of this player. We need this player to develop a 15 foot jump shot. And you need to take responsibility to develop that in that player you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a simple antidote. If you need that out of the player, develop it out of that player, but also scout that player and recruit that player that has that ability or that you can foresee that type of ability um, that you can develop. But it's an on-purpose thing. You know, I, I've done individuals for a long time and whatever you want to develop in a player, you can. Sometimes it takes a little more than other players. Some players catch right on, some players don't, but that's why post-season workouts, that's why Summer workouts. That's why workouts when you come back to school, individuals, you have to take advantage of those things. You have to be out there, and and it has to be not just a a lethargic. I just got to get these hours in. Here's another individual. No, what you do in your individuals is going to come out in the season, and. and you know, it's to the point now. Where I can walk in a gym and tell you, well, they're not doing individuals because there's simple things that you need to develop in individuals. Or maybe you're doing them, but you just don't know what to do or how to structure them. In that case, please reach out to me because I would love to help you, and I would love to help you structure um, things with individuals so that you can have a better year and a better output from your players. Um, let's move on to our five, our bigs. Now, one of the greatest things that I have done in individual workouts with bigs and my bigs, especially is I love turning mechanical bigs into fluent bigs that have fluent motions on the court. A lot of times you find your your mechanical bigs, all they can do is, 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 work the post. Um, and then sometimes they're mechanical. You might find a few bigs that can come in and they're, they're loose. They can move like a guard. They can shoot like a guard. They can turn quickly over each shoulder, those types of things. But You may not get that all the time. And so you have to develop that. And it brings a major advantage to you as a coach, because if you have a player, especially a five that can move like a guard and move fluently and can run and can post up and can go over each shoulder quickly and and drop step and up and under without glitches. When you have those type of things happening out of your five, you have a major advantage because a lot of teams in America, especially have mechanical bigs, they're mechanical, they, can, they can't move fluently. And so that's one of the things I always tried to do. So one of the things that I would do to, to, to help that is I would run my bigs through guard workouts, because my guards are fluent, and they're running through workouts that um, that that their fluidness, um it calls for it, and it's easy to do. Well, if I begin to run my bigs through guard workouts, at some point, They're going to begin to adapt to the movements that it takes to do those type of drills, whether they're um, whether they're coming off screens, some type of dribbling drills, uh, uh, one dribble pull ups, um, you know, one to two dribble, um, you know, drives from each uh, wing to get to the basket in one or two dribbles, like all of those types of things that you do with your guards that you expect out of your guards. Run your fives, your fours and your fives through those guard workouts. And what that does is it breaks down that mechanical um, structure, that mechanical form that they're used to. And it begins to make them feel like, okay, I can move now. I can move like a guard. I can dribble this ball. I can I can grab the rebound off the defensive rebound. You know the defensive end, and I can take a couple dribbles up the court. Like you know, you have them thinking like a guard in a lot of different areas, and it makes them more fluent. So now when you put them back in the post, they're moving like really good, and 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 most bigs on defense won't be able to keep up with their spin moves and they're turning around each shoulder and they're up and unders and the drop steps and because now they're doing it with they're not only doing it, they're not doing it as a big. They're doing it moving like a guard. <laughs> and so that's why today there's not a lot of um you don't see a lot of uh true big positions and in a lot of ways especially like the NBA um a lot of your fives are like you know they may be a little smaller but they're moving like so good. Like you have now you have people that's coming in the draft and um into college from high school they're like 7 foot guards and you know 6'10, 6'11 and You know, you have that on both men's and women's sports, but you can have it on purpose as a coach. You want your bigs to move fluently. I'm not saying that you want all your bigs stepping out, shooting threes. Um, But that's a that's a bonus and it can happen. But you can work with your bigs to make them fluent so that they are not robotic which will bring a disadvantage to you. You want them to be fluent so that they can bring an advantage to them. You want them to move well. You want their footwork to be good. So you want to jump rope with your bigs and you want to do ladder drills with your bigs, um, so that they can be quick off their feet, quick on their movements, swift in their movements. Um, and they will have a major advantage on the defense. And it's also going to help them um, on the defensive end when they're when they're guarding the post, when they're having to uh, retreat step, when they're having to shuffle, um, that's going to help them. And so, you know, you can create the type of player that you want on your team, but you have to be disciplined enough to schedule those those individual workouts. I know it's more work. I know that it, it, you may not have the, the coaching staff or the, the number of assistants needed to do it because you got so many other things to do. But it's essential. And if you want to win, if you want to keep your job, if you want that promotion, if you want to be looked at from other um, you know institutions and other head coaches or other A.D.'s, like this is an essential thing because it's going to help you put wins in the win column. But this is the type of work that you need uh, with individuals, um, individual workouts. That's where you win games right there. Some people say you win games in practice, but that's the big practice, but there's a practice that comes before the big practice and that's individual workouts. So, um, you know, I would love to talk to any coach. would love to hear your feedback, but if you need any ideas on, your individual workouts, how to run them, what things to do with each position to give you the benefit on the court. It's the things that you need to teach them so that you can have the advantage at that position. When you face your opposition, please reach out to me. I would love to talk about this. This is, you know, more than anything in basketball, player development is my thing. And I love it. I've studied it for years. I've been through it as a player. I've administered it as a coach. I've studied it. You know, I've been the you know, Power 5 school practices and just learning, man, what they do and um, been around NBA workouts and, and just all those things, been through NBA workouts, you know. And so, you know, there's just a way that you can train your players to be what you want them to be and what you need them to be. And you have to take those intricate times when it's just you and the player or you and the two players or you and your two guards or your two centers and you take that time in individual workouts and teach them what they need, um, the tools and the intricacies that you want to see from them in the game. So now when the game comes, they're doing what you ask them to do versus you wondering why they won't respond. You can't get a player to respond like you want them to, but you haven't put the time in to teach them what you want them to do. <laughs> it's just it's insanity if you think you can and, and you don't put the time in. But I've always found whenever I have put the time in, I've always gotten results. One hundred percent of the time. You know, you might need to spend more time with players than other players, but you can get the job done. So, man, I hope this really encouraged you guys. It's it's one of my passions. Um, Individual workouts, you definitely have to have them. There is no reason that any program should not have individual workouts if you want to see success on the court and more wins in the win column. So, man, thank you guys for tuning in today. I want to give Dr. Dish, my partners, a shout out right now um, for Mentioning mentioning the interview you podcast, you can receive an extra three hundred dollars off the CT, the rebel or the all star models of the Dr. Dish machine. So if you're interested in one of those models, please visit Dr. Dish basketball, not only to purchase, but also to find out more information about each one of those models um, in hopes that you will purchase one so that you can um, improve your your um, players. If you can improve your your team shooting percentage and you can see the great results that will come from owning a Dr. Dish shooting machine. So um, if you're interested in one of those models, please mention the interview you podcast and you'll receive an extra $300 off any one of those models. Um, Please also make sure that you visit Dr. Dish on social media. Um, They're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, Visit them on there. They do a lot of things for the basketball community in terms of just putting things up, tips, um, different ways um, that you can enhance and improve your game, especially being at home um, as well as with your team, they do a lot of different drills that different programs do, and they they showcase them on there, and um, it's just amazing what they give to the um, the space of basketball. Um, they're more than just shooting machines. They're they're a community of people who love the game and want to give. And so into um, the basketball culture worldwide. So make sure you check out Dr. Dish um, online, and also to um, hear the interview um, that we're um, just finishing up. Again, um, please visit my website Lewishine.com, where I have a lot of um, coaching materials, um, some free coaching materials, as well as some for purchase that I feel that will enhance um, you as a coach. Um, and give you um, some different tips and strategies that you can take into the game to improve your um, worth as a coach as well as improve your um, output as a coach for your team and and put some wins in the win column. Um, Visit lewishine.com and click on Podcasts. For the episode and check out some of the other links for coaching materials as well as uh, visit us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram um, at interview you pod. That's at interview you pod. Um, Check out all the things we have on there. Many, many episodes as well as this episode. Check it out. Share it. Um, re-listen to it uh, pick up everything that you can man I love doing these things I love just talking the game and I love helping coaches and players so um, hope that this episode was a good one for you and it's something that you really enjoy um, but until next time um, thank you guys so much hope you guys are doing well wherever you may this interview may find you guys at um, but thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of interview you we will see you on the next episode